Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, August 4th, 2016, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm joined by Motley Fool Premium Analyst Taylor Muckerman. How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. Enjoying the weather? Um, well, I'm inside, but enjoying the thought of the weather. The thought of the weather, yeah. Because we yeah. have this nice breeze, it's not humid. Can't yeah. believe I pivoted to the weather, start the show off. The podcast is not filmed outside, unfortunately. Yeah. Or taped. We could. Or filmed. Or we both. Could. Something to think about. Yes. We could go one of the full balconies. Uh, so it is pop culture week here on Industry Focus. And for today's show, we are seeking to answer the eternal question. Why are oil barons always the bad guy? That is a good question. Um, They're not all bad. You would you would not know that looking at pop culture. Yes. Um, so you and I actually, I was pretty proud of how we prepped for this show. Like we did a lot of research this week. <laughs> well, it's something that we might not know a lot about already. Right, you know? and uh, you uh, you stepped up to the plate with some of these names. So. Uh, just going down here, we came up with every evil oil guy or gal or whatever that we could think of. I'm sure there's more. Yes. Um, and they're not always evil, but they're sometimes just weird. Like when we came in here, I was thinking about the um, the Texas oil guy in The Simpsons with the giant 10-gallon uh, hat. Yes. And he's just like, yeah, and all this stuff. So um, You're either evil or you're a big joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's bottom line. And there's, of course, that other Simpsons episode where... Uh, Mr. Burns, there's oil underneath the school, and they have all this money to like do education, and then Mr. Burns steals it all. A nuclear baron. Yeah, a nuclear yeah, baron. A nuclear Perfect. energy yeah, same baron. Same thing. Um, actually, we should add that to the list. Anyway, okay. So, um, when we were brainstorming for this week, the first guy that came to my mind was uh, Daniel Plainview of There Will Be Blood. Obvious choice, I, yeah. I, I drink your milkshake. Yeah. Um, you saw that, obviously, right? Yes. Did you do- I, I didn't for a while, and I was the energy analyst at Fool.com, and- uh, Joel South and Robert Coleman like made you berated me until I watched it. It was every week. Have you watched it? No. Have you watched it? Oh my god, watch it. Yeah, it's awesome. But that ending, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. But who? Tweet go, us your thoughts. Yeah, tweet us your thoughts and don't go bowling. Um, the Muppets that uh, Jason Siegel Muppet film that came mm-hmm. out in what 2011, 12. This is fairly recent. Yeah. Um, Tex Richmond, he's actually the villain. Yeah, great name by the way. Oil, yeah, Tex, Tex Richmond. Richmond. It's like yeah. points for originality. Low hanging fruit but, there. But uh, oil was underneath the Muppet Studio, so of course you got to bulldoze the Muppet Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not quite a villain, but he was just kind of, you know, obviously interesting. J.R. Ewing of Dallas. Um, I never actually watched that because I was two. Um, actually, <laughs> so I was googling for this show. There's actually a musical artist called Evil Oil Man. Why not? It's got to be like some Texas it, it, like cover I think it's band, like techno-y hipster oh, yeah? type stuff. Yeah, it was weird. Okay. Um, Electra King in the Bond film, The World Is Not Enough. It's a horrible film. Don't see it. But uh, she kills her father to take over his oil business and then destroy Istanbul to monopolize the oil market. It's no small feat destroying the biggest city in Europe. No, it's it's really tricky. Yeah, He's setting up a nuclear weapon and all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Victor Matisse, did I say that right? In the Pelican I Brief? think so, yeah. I actually, I've never seen that either. Um, you came up with this one. Are, do you like Aquaman in comic books? Like, uh, no, uh, it was just a, you know, Google. It's Google, thing. all right. Um, J- uh, Jordan Wiley is an enemy of Aquaman. He's, of course, a deep sea oil driller, which messes up Obviously. Aquaman's home. Yeah. And um, so they just, they tried to destroy his that really, oil rigs. This character was created in the 80s, I yeah. think, but uh, really hits home with the Deepwater Horizon. 
I can only imagine how unstable offshore oil rigs were back in the 80s. Oh, you're right. We're like, has safety improved a bunch since then? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. You, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that actually hits close to home. Well, and they're not being attacked by uh, mischievous, 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 mysterious uh, yeah. superhero right. that lives under the water. They can talk to fish. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there's more, but the other one we came up with was the villain in the animated film Cars 2 was basically big oil. Big oil versus renewable energy. Yeah. <clears throat> oh dear. Um, so why do you think, uh, we hate oil barons? Like this is a constant theme. Yeah. I mean, I guess everybody hates them except for the Beverly Hillbillies, right? They were probably the one oh my oil family that How wasn't could I evil. forget? <laughs> well, because oh, they weren't evil. Right. They were just, just dumb luck. Crazy. Shoot, <laughs> shooting possums out there and uh, <laughs> striking oil. Yeah, striking oil. Um, what do they do? They hit oil and then they get in the crappy car and drive to California. Yeah. That's, yeah. They yeah, make it okay. big. Um, can't forget your roots, Sean. No, you can't. I don't know why they think that all oil men are evil. Um, maybe because a lot of it has been dumb luck, and these people just become instantly rich. They weren't necessarily business-minded. They just found oil yeah. and turned it into gold, essentially. I don't I know. I also think, because like, you remember a couple of years ago when gas prices were like going up and giving $4 a high five? Yeah. Um, everybody's grumbling. And the bottom line is we need oil slash gasoline to run our civilization right now and whenever it goes up in price they're like oh those evil oil man that might be why yeah because because it's so essential yeah you fill up especially back in the day more more energy more power came from oil yeah um whereas now you have to go to like developing countries to look at oil as an energy source um but clearly people need it to drive and get around in the united states especially slowly changing that Um, completely side note but i did want to just mention this to you because we're here and it just popped in my mind Um, i just flew to indianapolis international airport yeah Uh, that's where i was uh last week and they have there's always tons of land that's unused around airports completely filled with solar panels now okay it was awesome were they for the airport yes or for yeah okay it was I can't begin to tell you how many stinking solar panels there were. It was. <laughs> Did I, you see? Happen to see a sign of who put them there? No, no. I probably should have. Yeah, like was it SunPower? Or, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I'll I'll do market research next time I'm in uh, Indiana. Okay. Um, I have another theory that I wanted to share with our listeners, and I think it goes all the way back to your friend and mine, John D. Rockefeller. Um, Would there be an oil industry in America without him? No, because at its peak, Standard <laughs> Oil controlled like 92% yeah, of yeah, the market here in the United States. I mean, uh, nobody's ever come close. ExxonMobil is, is, uh, is a It is a fraction of yeah. what was once Standard Oil. Right. And ExxonMobil is a 360. Wasn't it spun out, though, of, or not Exxon yeah. and Mobil, but. Exxon was Standard Oil of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Mobil was Standard Oil of, like, I'm butchering this and I'm sorry, but it's like Louisiana okay. or something. And they eventually merged. Yeah. Um, BP bought BP bought what was once Standard Oil of Ohio. Like it's You know you're a monopoly when you have to get broken up by state. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't yeah. And uh, you know, you know, you had uh, Teddy Roosevelt in there doing his trust busting yep. and I mean Rockefeller was the poster child for this. You had Eider Tarbell writing um History of the Standard Oil Corporation, which of course contributed to the case for breaking it up in antitrust legislation. Um, fun fact: our listeners may not be aware of, but Ida Tarbell's dad was put out of business by Rockefeller back in the day, so it was and a that is bit why of revenge, huh? she, yeah, he had a refinery and he just got run into the ground by Rockefeller. The power of the word. 
Um, so you got that. You've got and what? What did you say to me in the, when we were brainstorming? You were like, "Oil execs are not doing themselves any favors." And then I mentioned the after the Deepwater Horizon spill for B, uh, the BP experience. CEO Tony Hayward took that little sailing trip. Yeah, why not? Right after clear his head, a lot of pressure. Like a lot of pressure, dude. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was probably already planned. He didn't want to have to pay the fee to break his tickets. Who knows? There, I don't know. And. There are certain responsibilities the CEO has when things go bad. But anyway. He's probably sailing to check on other rigs, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> In a catamaran. <laughs> well, you got to get there quickly. Fine. <laughs> Come on. Um, you, of course, had Andy Hall, the oil trader, who made a $230 million bonus uh, as part of Citigroup during the financial crisis. That totally went over well. Um, John Paul Getty, he was always wacky. Um, Superman's, I, I don't know, it's kind of like a, we need a villain in culture, and often that's business in America. Like, yeah. that's, you know. Even though that's the American dream, it's right. vilified when you get too big. It's, yeah, if, that's if actually you, a good point. If you dream yeah. too big, your dreams become other people's you, nightmares. You flew, too, you flew too close to the sun. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just, I go back and forth, because, like, there was this, uh, trend at some point where we were just like yeah these guys are all evil and everything but i don't think that's entirely the case um i did a little research going into this just because i wanted to come up with something good that these guys had done mm -hmm. um you actually came up with some really good world war yeah. examples but i wanted to do uh slightly older but rock what rockefeller had done okay um he before he by the time he died in 1937 he had donated 580 million dollars which was a lot of money during his. What lifetime. do you think that is today? Because I, you see these estimates of like, I don't know what these dudes would be rich or worth today. What what year should we set the benchmark at? 1937, I guess. I don't know. But he started donating in like 1900. So let's just do 1937. It's probably not going to calculate it fast enough. Because I did the inflation thing, and it was like that's the equivalent to 10 billion today. How much did he give? 580 thousand. Million. A million. Yeah. It was like half his net worth. That would be nine point seven billion, nine point eight billion. Yeah, and that's what I came up with. But yeah. like, I've seen these other estimates which are supposedly more accurate, and they compare Rockefeller's wealth to percentage of U.S. GDP, and at its peak, it was like two percent of GDP, mm -hmm. and that would put him at like three or four hundred billion dollars today. And you look at the size of Exxon Mobil and BP and all that stuff, and he owned twenty five percent of uh, Standard Oil, so. I don't know. I, I it seems like it would be in the tens and tens of billions. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, good things he's done may may have been an unsavory guy to compete with in business. But um, he well, took he a, didn't compete long, so at least no, he put you out of your he, misery. Yeah, it, it'll be quick. Um, he took a deep interest in higher education for African Americans. In 1882, he began a series of gifts uh, to the Atlanta Baptist Female Seminary, which became uh, Spelman College, named after his wife. Um, he also donated to two other African-American colleges at the time, Tuskegee Institute and the Morehouse College. Um, he helped found the University of Chicago in 1890 with a gift of $600,000. Um, and another organization to this day that's doing some big things still is Rockefeller University, which is primarily a medical university. Um, I just went to their Wikipedia page, and there are dozens of Nobel Prizes and medical discoveries and vaccines. And it was... 
It was really impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm butchering this, I think he did something with polio, like all kinds of stuff. Well, and his foundation is completely out of oil oil stock? Yeah. It actually, oh, that's right. Did that happen last year? I think it was last year, They yeah. sold completely out of, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, now, more modern examples, um, you have met, uh, National Oil Well Varco CEO Pete Miller, what three or four times? Well, he was a CEO when we met him. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and he's yeah. It was a couple years ago, for and th- he's a nice three, guy. Three years straight, um, we went to Houston and met with him. Yeah, the second time we went down, invited myself and Joel and Robert to their annual like customer appreciation cookout. There's several tons of shrimp were consumed, <laughs> and hundreds of kegs were drank. And uh, he was jolly, inviting everyone there. Yeah, yeah, good. good How many guy. people? Like, uh, I don't know. It was like you're talking about National Oil Varcos. Yeah, there's lots. It was of... all day long, so people were coming and going. Gotcha. But it was like a big outdoor expo of all their equipment slash yeah. come eat and drink with us. Yeah, because um, Taylor Markerman and I went to. Oh, um, that's me. I'm sorry, Tyler Crow. <laughs> brain, brain, brain. Uh, brain flash. It's okay. Um, yeah, Crow and I went to. Um, you know, Houston last October, and we met with a couple of oil execs, and um, I got the distinct impression, like when I sat down with Robert Workman over at Distribution Now, which used to be part of uh, National Oil Well Varco, um, he really was just focused on developing his team and talent. Like they have weekly workshops to develop, you know, his executive team is like 30, 40 people, and he really just seemed to be really focused on um, doing right by his customers. Like yeah. that's laser focused on that i was like yeah he's not like sitting there with a cat like no there's no malintent at least (laughs) that you could tell yeah i mean maybe he's got a secret lair or something but um and uh what was this about uh enron or something or other the the belfer family family, um had founded a couple of oil companies and one of which was purchased by enron um they didn't get cash for it. They got stock and convertible preferred shares. So I, I googled this after you mentioned it. Was to me. They lost like two billion. It was eventually, yeah, they eventually floundered. But I think in the meantime, before that, they had put some cash in yeah. some, some investable markets uh, outside of Enron, um, and they had kind of hedged a lot of their yeah. Enron stock at one point. So oh, they did. Yeah. So somehow they still had a ton of money, and they've donated tens of millions to various um, scientific endeavors in the medical field. So, out of Enron, I think it was close to $100 million they've donated. That's like, Yeah. I mean, it's not the $2 yeah. billion that they once had, but not hey, their fault. <laughs> if I lost $2 billion, I don't know if I'd be given hundreds of millions of dollars right. away. Right. Yeah. No, that's... And, yeah. So, we'll, uh, you got to applaud that. Out of the for burning sure. ashes of Enron, maybe the cure for some hard-to-cure yeah. hard disease emerges. So... You know, we've run through all this stuff. Do you think there should be any qualms about investing in oil companies? Like, they are they are they evil? Does this is this deserved? I mean, you find evil CEOs in any segment in any sector of of the economy. Um, maybe We're not. Using maybe evil not. Loosely here. Yeah. It may, <laughs> yeah. This isn't like world domination evil, but it's uh, I guess misdirection. Um, you know, misallocation of assets, maybe for their own personal benefit, or um, you know, just to seize the grandeur of becoming like Valiant, becoming the biggest company on the TSX at one point. Yeah. Um, because the CEO was doing questionable things jacking in the acquisition market. Yeah, yeah. And jacking up drug prices for very important. But that's another situation. It goes to my other theory that we need the drugs, so we hate the guy that jacks up the price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? yes, well, especially when he is jacking up the price right. quite significantly. So Literally. There's a reason for that. Whereas I think um, with at least oil prices, and and gasoline prices, 
a little bit more of a, a supply and demand dynamic there, whereas yeah. with these drugs, there's general until they become um, until they come off their patent or whatever, and generics come out, you're looking at total lack of competition. So they can basically charge whatever they think they they can get away with. Apparently, Valiant bumped up against that ceiling. Yeah. Um, I think they can handle a little bit to what's his name, Mark Martin Scrikelli or whatever. However you pronounce his I last name. I don't know how to say it. He kind of yeah. shot. I know, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he blew the roof off the whole situation, and then Valiant got caught up in the backdraft. Yeah, I um yeah. Before we wrap up here, um, when oil prices were crazy high and everybody's like, "Oh, Exxon Mobil's evil and they're screwing us and all this stuff," um, it it kind of bothered me because even at its peak, Exxon Mobil's Return on capital and profit margins and everything never came close to something like Apple. Well, yeah, that and you see these high gas prices, and I don't know if everyone realizes, but a lot of that's going to the government. Right. Exxon, just because their brand name is on the pump doesn't mean they're making all the profits. Right. There's a big chunk of that that's a tax that the right. government's taking. Um, but they have to compete with the gas station right across the street. So, yeah. unless the whole industry's in cahoots. It's not just the CEO of Exxon or the next biggest competitor that's driving these gasoline prices up. It's a global, tra- globally traded commodity. Gotcha. Um, so before we head out, completely unrelated, I want to ask you, uh, who you think is going to be in the World Series this year? Um, the Cardinals. Oh God, we're going to stop there because you're just going to plug the Cardinals. I should have known. Okay, I'm kidding. That's Go all ahead. you need. Just I'm sorry. One team. No. Uh, and I don't know about the AL. I'll give it to. Because they're all kind of neck and neck with their wins and everything right now. Like it's going to be a good rest of the season. I'll give it to the Rangers. A repeat. Two thousand. Really. A repeat of two thousand. Uh, oh boy. Two thousand six, I think. Uh, oh, no, two thousand eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven when we came back and beat them. I I'm gonna shamelessly plug my hometown since you just the you Indians. Know, uh, this is I I swear this is I their think year. at five thirty eight. I think year. at the five thirty eight blog they're the second. Uh, have the second best odds behind the the Cubs to win the yeah, World Series. I'm that would actually be really cool if the Cubs did it too. But no, um, it would not. Come on, bite your tongue. <laughs> this podcast is over. Um, why wouldn't you want the Cubs to win? They're supposed to win a year because or two ago, I'm according to Cardinals Back to the Future. Fan. Oh, fine, but and this is Cleveland's fly. year. Don't you worry. That's fine. As Neither long as they win, as long year. as they beat the Cardinals in the World Series. Oh man, not the Cubs. Oh God, what would I do? Because I lived in Chicago anyway. Okay, all right. Is that it? Yeah, we're gonna have to have a follow-up show in a couple of months. We're oh, in October actually yeah. rolls around. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're actually gonna. No, we're not gonna talk about oil or industrials at all. We're gonna talk about MLB. What? Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Taylor Merkman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!